Have you ever picked up a book on the lives of the saints and thought, well, shoot, I don't know how I'm going to do this holiness thing. Maybe you think, I'm not like Joan of Arc, I'm not like Teresa of Avila or Therese of Lisieux, and I'm not like Jerome. Or maybe you think, like me, you're a little bit too much like Jerome with his grumpiness and his old curmudgeon ways. But what if I told you that there are literally hundreds of saints waiting to get to know you? Saints who share some of your struggles, some of your joys, but most importantly, saints who want to encourage you to become the saint that God is calling you to be. Hey there, welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore and embrace the feminine genius in our everyday lives as Catholic women. I'm Chloe Langer, and in today's episode, I'm sharing a podcast mic with Meg Hunter-Kilmer. If you know Meg, you know that she is a huge fan of the Olympics, and it was a true honor for her to pause the Olympics to spend some time with me on this show talking about the saints. In this episode, Meg and I are talking about her new book, Saints Around the World. It's a beautiful book that introduces you to over a hundred saints from 60 different countries. It's illustrated by Meg's friend, Lindsay Sanders. And trust me, you are going to want to get yourself a copy of this book by the time Meg and I are done chatting. If you've been looking for some encouragement on your journey to holiness and needing a a reminder that God wants to make you a saint and that the world needs a saint just like you, sister, this letter's for you. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by House of Joppa. They offer a fresh new take on traditional Catholic home decor, jewelry, and gifts that outwardly show the beauty of Catholicism. I was on their website browsing for a few gifts recently, and I loved reading about one of their new candles called Pray and Wait, and it recalls the invitation to be faithful in our prayers. The candle smells like vanilla, French oak, and juniper, and it's just a beautiful reminder for us to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Each candle is individually poured by a woman artisan who's a former refugee who's building a new life for herself and her family here in the United States. House of Joppa also has some beautiful free printable saint quotes from St. Augustine, from St. Josephine Bakita, and I'm going to link those in the show notes for you today too. You can visit House of Joppa via the link in the show notes today. And remember, Letters to Women listeners get 15% off their order at checkout with the code LETTERS15, one word, all caps, LETTERS15. Check out the link to House of Joppa in the show notes or visit their website at houseofjoppa.com. Okay, let's dive into this conversation with Meg. Today, I am welcoming Meg Hunter-Kilmer back to the Letters to Women podcast. Meg is a speaker, writer, and missionary who has lived out of her car since 2012. She loves telling stories, learning about the saints, reading the Bible, and watching the Olympics. She is a proud godmother of 10 and an aunt of an ever-increasing crew of incredible nieces and nephews. Meg, welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you. Chloe, I am so excited to see your beautiful face. (laughs) It has been a long time since we chatted, it feels like. When we were back in person, it's not quite the same over Skype. It isn't, but hopefully we'll do it in person again sometime. Amen, amen. So we're going to be talking about your brand new book, About the Saints, and I'm really excited to hear about your writing process, about your favorite saints. But for listeners who may be just connecting with you here for the first time, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Yeah, so I grew up in a Catholic family, um, really didn't know Jesus, had a conversion when I was 13, and I don't really do things halfway, and so I was kind of like, okay, well, if I am going to be Catholic, I will win church, which is not, you know, the most (laughs) virtuous approach, but God can work through our idiosyncrasies, um, and he really just began to capture my heart at that retreat when I was 13. I... Um, ended up going to a Catholic college studying theology. I taught religion for five years, and for the last nine years, 
I've been living out of my car, driving around the country, flying around the world, telling people how much God loves them. I love it. I was talking to my little sister who is nine about getting the chance to chat with you and reconnect on this podcast. And she was telling me about how she watches your saint stories over at Catholic Sprouts. And she was so jealous. I just wish that I could bring her here up to Kansas City and have her sit with me because she was... She was pumped, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. We'll tell her I would be happy to hang out with her sometime. <laughs> She'd be over the moon. You recently wrote a brand new book called Saints Around the World, and it's published by Emmaus Road Publishing, and it introduces readers to over 100 saints from more than 60 countries. And it also includes the most beautiful illustrations from Lindsay Sanders. I would love to hear more about inspiration behind the book. How did this come to be? How did Lindsay come onto the project? What did that all look like for you guys? You know, it has been such a beautiful experience, Chloe, both the research and working with Lindsay. We have been friends since we were 18 years old. I always tell people her husband and I played tennis together at Notre Dame, and then I pause for them to be impressed. And then I say, well, it was gym class. So I don't, I don't know how much it really counts. But she is just such a joy and a delight. And I had been really noticing for years the absence of good Catholic saint books, and especially saint books that feature the universality of the church. And, it, you know, both children's books and adult books, stories that weren't particularly captivating, art that wasn't particularly delightful, and books that were full of a lot of Irish and Italian saints that we already know. And they're great. They're great saints. But I was just like, I want kids to see themselves in these books. And I want them to see someone who doesn't look like them. You know, these kids who grow up in very white parishes, I want them to understand that this is not, in fact, a white church just because theirs is a white church, you know? And so I really began to think about this idea of telling these stories of saints from all around the world. And immediately I knew if I was going to write this book, it was going to be with Lindsay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want anybody else to do the illustrations. And so it was just a question of, could I talk her into it? with her seven children asking her to draw a hundred pictures of saints, many of whom we have no images of. So this isn't like St. Patrick where you're just like, oh, okay, well, I'll just, you know, draw a guy in green, right? Or saints that we have photographs of. This is, there is maybe one picture of St. Martha Wangwamanda anywhere that I can find, right? Lindsay, I just need you to figure out what she should look like and, and the research that she had to do. And so the fact that she was willing to do this, I was like, well, that's got to be a Holy Spirit thing because this is an enormous project. But it's just been so beautiful to get to know these saints, to learn their stories, to introduce them to people, and then to have the opportunity to show them these beautiful works of art that really can connect with people, even when the story maybe doesn't. When I got this book in the mail, I opened it up and my first thought was, I can't wait to read this with Maeve, my two-year-old. I'm so excited. And then I read just a sampling of the stories and I was like, I can't wait to read this for me. I'm just going to read it. And then I was reading it with Maeve at bedtime and Joseph was listening and he is excited about reading this book. So after mm -hmm. night prayers, we crack this book open and learn about a new saint every night. And it's saints I don't know, which is so much fun because you do include some common household saint names like Joan of Arc is in there, St. Monica, Teresa of Calcutta. But then you also share the stories of men and women who I've never heard of before, whose names I will probably butcher. Like um, Mavis' favorite is Blessed Vendetta Bianchi Poro. Oh, yes. Isn't she a oh, love? Oh, my goodness. She is delightful. And she's on the cover of this book. And Maeve will find her and then find her page in the book. And want to read her every night. So we know 
Blessed Vendetta very well now, which is beautiful. But so that she's one of so many who I didn't know. So tell me about how you got to know these saints who maybe have, maybe this is the first time people are ever getting to know their stories. It's so funny because when I was picking the saints, Lindsay sat me down and she was like, Meg, you have to put in saints that people recognize. And I was like, no. And she was like, not all of them, not all of them. (laughs) But there have to be some saints that people recognize or they won't know the book is Catholic. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that's fair. So, you know, we put together this spreadsheet, figuring out all of the distribution of everything. And I think I decided that maybe like, 25% 25% of the book, it would be reasonable to expect a person to have heard of. Um, by reasonable to expect, I mean, like, still probably shocking. <laughs> they wouldn't know some of these. I was like, oh, St. Germain. Like, everybody knows St. Germain. And Lindsay was like, everybody does not know St. Germain. I showed it to a nun, and she knew 25 wow. of the 100 stories in the book. So I was like, okay, well, there we go. So some of it was saints that I have just loved for years. Blessed mm. Peter Kibay is in there. He's one of my very best friends. Um, Some of it was just trying to find saints to fit in the map because the governing document of this book was a map. We wanted to show the universality of the church. And so there's one saint from Papua New Guinea. So he was going in. There is one saint from Australia. So she was going in. So getting to know some of these saints just by looking at the different regions, like there's, um, a Hmong Laotian saint who's one of my new favorite friends, Blessed Paul Taoshong. And it's been really fun watching the Olympics and watching Suni Lee, who's a Hmong American, win the all-around gold medal, which is too late for spoilers, right? Sorry, spoiler. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm friends with her. And then I was like, no, no, I'm friends with a dead member of her community who died decades before I was born. But, you know, I'm, like, so attached to Paul Taoshong that I'm, like, Suni Lee and I are also friends, too. Like, that's a thing now. Yeah, so a lot of it was finding saints to fit the different geographical regions, but then also, you know, representation is so important in terms of ethnicity, but also in terms of family dynamic, in terms of disability, in terms of hobbies and passions. I mean, we even were deliberate about putting in blondes and redheads, which is not normally a thing that you have to work at in St. Books since we just make all of the Italians blonde. But, you know, we we're trying to be accurate. And I was like, we need we need a redhead. Like, there are redheaded children who are going to read this book. We need saints whose parents were divorced. We need saints who had limb differences. We need saints who had learning disabilities or intellectual disabilities. And just seeing the way this resonates with children. I mean, I had a kid the other day, I was doing a reading and he said, do you have any saints who didn't have a dad? And I was like, yes, I do. I do have a saint who didn't have a dad. And, you know, I don't know, maybe he was just asking, or maybe this is like a deep wound of his heart where he feels isolated and rejected in the Christian community. And for him to meet Blessed Francisco de Paula de Jesus really told him, you are seen and you are loved exactly as you are. That's what the saints can do for us. They give us such hope that holiness is possible for us and that we aren't abandoned in our struggles and our suffering. And I love being able to speak that truth to children. Multiple things about this book are things that I love. I love the the history major in me loves all of the indexes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That made my heart so happy. Dates, topics, places, eras of history. Man, you guys knocked it out of the park. Thank you. 
I was so excited about the indices, and I think my publisher was rather bemused. They were like, well, it's a, it's a picture book, though, right? And I was like, it's a 40,000-word picture book that must have four indices. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, I am not. But I promise you, we will all be glad that I was not okay in this way. I am not. <laughs> I love it. But I also love how the lives of the saints that you share here deal with some heavy topics, but the way that you have written about them makes them incredibly accessible in a way that a parent can talk about these topics with their kids and honestly with themselves too, in a way that isn't like, oh shoot, I should have read that one before I read that out loud. Yes. Thank you. It was really, really important to me that we not traumatize children with this book, which I think is a thing that Catholics accidentally do a lot. And it, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like we hang statues of corpses on all of our walls, right? Like with the crucifix. But I've talked to people who say, you know, I used to be Catholic, but I read these books when I was little and they were so terrifying that I haven't been to church in decades because it gave me nightmares. And I'm like, God forbid that my effort at telling a cool story drives someone away from Jesus. But I also didn't want to shy away from hard things you know, because kids deal with these hard things. And so, you know, we talk about Blessed Marie Clementine Honorita Nengapeta, who was killed while fighting off a sexual assault. And that's not the kind of story I like to tell to children, but it was just very clear that the Holy Spirit wanted this story in the book. And the way I phrased it, I said, he tried to touch her in a way she did not like, and that is never okay. So she kicked and she fought to protect herself. And I was like, now, now we're talking about agency. We're talking about bodily autonomy. We're talking about consent. This is no longer, isn't it beautiful that she would rather die than be assaulted, which is not a thing that the church teaches, right? Um, And so I actually, with many of these stories, I sent them to trauma-informed specialists, to counselors, to therapists, asking them, look over this. And will you tell me if there's any way that I'm phrasing this that's going to be damaging to children? I mean, there was one story where I said, she could have decided to be angry, but she loved them instead. And, and the woman wrote back and she said, anger is not a negative emotion. Can you say bitter instead? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Right. And so some little things like that, that I just would never have noticed. Um, the one that was really sort of a, a focal one for me in driving the voice that I was using was St. Germain, who I mentioned earlier, Um, And she had an abusive stepmother. And so I was careful. I said, most stepmothers are very wonderful. Jermaine did not have that kind of stepmother. Um, Because, you know, I want to I want to love these blended families. Um, And there are some good stepmothers in the book as well. But uh, a lot of times when we tell her story, it's like Jermaine was terribly abused. And isn't it wonderful? Because then she became a saint. And like, no, it's not. It's not wonderful. So I said, uh, I hope that if someone is treating you very badly, you will tell a grown up. And if that grown up doesn't fix the problem, I hope you will tell another grown up and another and another until somebody helps you. God doesn't want you to be treated badly. He wants you to be loved and cherished. Because I needed this story to speak hope to abused children, right? Not hope that one day maybe you'll be okay, but hope that God sees you in your suffering and he wants to save you from that. And you can tattle. Like you can tattle all day long because God wants to protect you. So just a lot of those things where, you know, it, it feels like, like I was just asking the Holy Spirit, like, I want, 
I want this to give life in the way that I talk about disabilities, in the way that I talk about autism, in the way that I talk about broken families, in the way that I talk about racism. Like, we have to have these conversations. We have to have them for the children who are going through them and for the children who aren't. But we, we can do it in a way that people feel safe while we're doing it. You nailed it. It's that. That's what this book is. Reading it as a parent Thank is you. just a delight. Yeah. And learning so much about the ways to phrase it to kids. And it's helped me. Yeah. Even think about the way that I phrase things in Saint Stories, but then also thinking back into way Saint Stories may have been presented back when I was a kid and unpacking those in a different way and really getting to actually get the chance to, I think for the first time to get to know a lot of saints who I just kind of wrote off. It's like, nope, that's too crazy. Or no, that, that was weird. And that, nope, I'm not going to touch that saint or get to know them, him or her. I think that this book helps answer this question that I'm going to pitch to you a lot, but I would love to hear, especially for people who are listening, who are parents exploring the saints with their kids or maybe are, are adults and thinking back onto the ways that they have learned about the saints. But I think it could be tempting to look at the lives of saints and either maybe try to copy their lives without discovering our own unique gifts and crosses. Like, oh, but Teresa of Avila did it this way. And if she's so good, then I just have to be another her. Or maybe even dismiss the idea that we could ever be called to sainthood because well, we don't, we, I can't do what they did. How do we go about finding that unique path that the Lord is inviting us on to become saints ourselves, the saint that he is calling us specifically and uniquely to be? Yeah. You know, when I was writing the introduction, and I, I think a lot of people skip the introduction in this book because they're like, oh, it's just going to be like, this is what a saint is. I think it's the most beautiful part of the book, honestly. And I I have reread it and almost been moved to tears. Like it was just very clearly not me who was writing this and talking about how God made you to be a saint exactly the way that you are. The world needs a saint who is just like you. There has never been a saint who is exactly like you. And, and these saints can remind us of ourselves and they can challenge us, but you need to be a saint as you are. And I think one beautiful thing about this book is there are just so many saints. And I was so thrilled working with Emmaus Road that they never once pushed back on the length of the book. I said, we're going to do, I actually think I pitched them 50 saints and then sent them a hundred and they just went with it. Um, but I think it's so important to have that breadth because, you know, if you've got eight saints that you're reading and one of them resonates with you, you really feel like you have to be exactly like that saint. Whereas if you read a hundred, it's so obvious that there are going to be little things that resonate about different saints. And we were so careful to find saints with different personalities, saints who were shy as well as saints who were loud. You know, I love the two Chinese saints in the book, St. Martha Wang Wamanda and St. Peter Wu Guosheng are like opposite ends of the spectrum in personality. She is like very quiet, very meek, very unnoticed. He, like the priest wouldn't baptize him because he was like, you are too loud and wild and ridiculous and you just need to take a deep breath. Because he's like going out on the street and dragging people into the hotel to tell them about Jesus, but it was illegal to be a Catholic. And they were like, bro, like, take a beat. So just seeing those two next to each other on the map, that they're living in the same cultural context. You know, I mean, they're about a century apart, I think, but you know, that so much of the same baggage, they're entirely different people. And both of them earned a crown through that personality, not in spite of that personality, but through that personality. And so I think when you start to see all of those different saints, you begin to examine yourself and say, you know what, this part of me 
that I always thought God was going to have to write off, maybe he can work through this. You know, reading about St. Jerome and his terrible anger problem and saying, you know what, like my constant rage is not a good thing, but it doesn't disqualify me from holiness. This might be the avenue that God is using to make me a saint. Yes. And I think that is so freeing. This idea of through, not in spite of is just incredibly freeing for every, for, because we all have parts of our story where we think that's the part of me that's just going to keep me back from sainthood. It's not for me because I fill in the blank. You know, this is the sin I bring to confession. Right. God didn't mess up when he made you. Right. He doesn't make mistakes. He made you on purpose. And there may be elements of your personality that make holiness more challenging, but it's not your entire personality that needs to change. And it was so freeing for me, Chloe, because I thought all saints were sweet and quiet and meek and mild. And I tried to be that person for like six weeks and I wanted to murder everybody. Like, God didn't make me that way. And then I discovered Teresa of Avila and I was like, all right, I'm good. Like I can do this. But I later realized that many, many people who have the opposite personality from me had the opposite problem. They thought all saints are loud and wild and standing on street corners and shouting about Jesus. And I can't be a saint because I'm sweet and meek and mild. And I was like, dang, like the devil is on his game, right? He's just lying to us all from opposite perspectives. All he's saying is, Whatever you are, God doesn't want that. And Jesus over here like, sorry, I'm, do you think I messed up on literally everybody I made? Like, what kind of a God is that? I made you on purpose the way that I want you. I think for people who crack this book open, they could be maybe in my shoes where I, I thought I knew a lot of saints and then I realized there's such a breadth and width of saints that I do not know. And that's incredibly exciting because I just love getting to know them as new friends. But maybe someone is listening and they're like, ah, shoot, I don't know any of these people. None of these names, even the household names. I just don't, maybe I picture some of them in my mind because I've seen them on a stained glass window. But if they're just go- if just starting to get to know the saints, what advice would you give both for learning the stories of the saints, but then also praying to Jesus through the saints? How, how yeah. would one go about that? You know, I think that It can be sort of a daunting thing because we have, you know, it's just, it's very foreign, especially if you have loved Jesus for a long time and the saints have not been a part of that. It can feel like, well, why, why do I need a channel to go to God through? Why do I need someone to bring me to Jesus? Like I can just go on my own and like, for sure you absolutely can. But when we talk about the saints interceding, it's really, it's an accompaniment, right? Like you can get to Jesus on your own, but sometimes you're going to get distracted, right? And you're going to be like, oh, but like, actually I want to. And blessed Peter Kibay is like, nope, nope, nope. We are focused and we are going, you know, or like, I, I love a good pity party. I love a good pity party. And my best friend, blessed Peter Kibay walked 3,700 miles to become a priest. And so I'm over here like, it's so hard. The mass was canceled and now I have to drive 20 minutes to a different mass. And he's like, no, we are not. We are not doing this. We are just getting up and we are getting in the car and we are driving because it's not that hard. But then I also have St. Barnabas. He's my other best friend who's like, okay, I mean, it is hard. Like it is hard. We're still doing it, but it is hard, right? Life is hard and you are suffering. And I'm like, I am. And Kiki's like, is she? And Barnabas is like, she is back off. I mean, it's like, it's like a whole thing, Chloe. Like we should have a sitcom of like me and these two who are both really spurring me onto holiness, but in such 
totally different ways. And I, I know I kind of like jumped all the way ahead to like being best friends with the saints and hearing them talk to you, which I don't mean like literally hearing them talk. But I think to know that when I talk about a friendship with the saints, I'm really talking about getting to know somebody who you feel like could love you. Somebody whose journey to holiness has been similar to yours or whose journey to holiness you need to learn from. I mean, even like you love music and you just need a saint who loved music, who can understand what it is that you're like, I don't really want to pray the rosary right now because I just want to rock out to pop music. And Servant of God, Julia Gabrielli is like, why not both? Right. You know, like she's great. She's a millennial saint who is like really into praying through pop music, which I think is adorable. That's awesome. But, you know, when we get to know these saints, it really is. It's just always what Hebrews says. Um, The letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verse one says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's verse one and two. They're always about fixing our eyes back on Jesus, right? And so for me, I just get to know a story. And if I get excited about a story or sometimes like a photograph, blessed Charles de Foucault, I just saw his picture and I was like, that guy's my friend. Like, I I don't know his deal, but I love him. And then I found out his deal and I was like, shoot, yes, I really do love him. But getting to know the story and seeing somebody, especially somebody who's suffered the way that you suffered, and just to feel them sitting next to you, in that suffering, to feel somebody who's experienced the cross of infertility or of infant loss or of mental illness or of divorce and to, you know, not necessarily have their advice, but just their companionship. I think that's such a gift in the saints that often in life we need friends who aren't going to tell us what to do or commiserate, but are just going to sit and love us, who we know have suffered the way that we've suffered. And And the saints do that, even if you don't have, you know, like this really profound imaginative experience of what it would be like for them to talk to you. Just knowing like this saint is sitting next to me and suffering with me is a beautiful thing. Yes. And I think it reminds us of the humanity of the saints so much so that it's a friendship that's given and received versus just getting to know their story. They're kind of like this historical figure who has absolutely no desire to be in relationship with me or knows that I exist. No. They see you from heaven and they want you there with them. Yes. And it's so beautiful to me to see the, the almost like random connections, you know, to my perspective, people who just love certain saints for no reason. Like my niece, Mary Claire loves blessed Marie Clementine Anoreta Ningapeta, who was a 20th century Congolese nun loves her, like found out that, Marie Clementine's feast day is on Mary Claire's baptismal anniversary and Mary Claire started to cry. She was so excited. And her twin sister has the same baptismal anniversary. It was like, oh my gosh, Mary Claire, she loves you so much. I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful to me to see how they love each other. And you ask Mary Claire, why do you love her? And she's like, I just do. And you're like, but what is it about her? And she's like, I just love her. You know, and I, I love it when someone's like, oh, I love this about their story or I love this about their picture. But there's something really beautiful that's just like, I don't know. Like, she just loves me and I love her. That's how I am with St. Barnabas. Like, he just loves me. And I one day had just this really profound experience of how deeply he loved me on his feast day. And I I was just weeping in front of the Blessed Sacrament because I was like, oh, my gosh, this 
this is what it is to be seen and chosen and loved. And like, I'm sure he likes you a lot, but he loves me. And that, you know, in that moment, I just, I needed somebody to have picked me. And, and like, obviously Jesus picked me, right? But Jesus picks everybody. Uh, and, and he picks each of us individually and in a particular way. But just to know that day that like, I'm going to get to heaven and Barnabas is going to be like, so antsy for me to be done hugging Jesus because he's gonna be like it is my turn like oh my gosh let me look at you let me love you let me hold you you know like that the saints have particular love for certain of us and I I just love being able to introduce people to the saints who've loved them since before they were born and to get to help facilitate that relationship oh that's beautiful so you introduce us to over 100 in saints around the world but that is amazingly not the only saint book that you've written recently which i have no idea how you're doing this this is incredible um because you've also written pray for us 75 saints who sinned suffered and struggled on their way to holiness can you share just a little bit about about what's in that book as well yes so that one comes out in october and i'm super excited about it it's an adult book so it doesn't have illustrations people are very disappointed about that and i'm like i needed to give Lindsay a minute to like have her children um it's also dealing with servants of God and venerables as well as blessed and saints. So sort of the whole spectrum of people whose cause for canonization is open. Also more than half black, indigenous, and people of color. Also really looking for representation in different family struggles, um, finding saints who had mental illness and saints who endured sexual assault and saints who had experienced infant loss, all of these different things. So it, it's definitely dealing with some adult topics. Again, I tried to write it in a gentler way so that you could give it to like your seventh grader or your eighth grader, you're going to want to pre-read if you have a middle schooler or if you have a kid who's more sensitive. Um, Cause I, again, I'm careful with the language, but it's going to be hard topics. But here's the beautiful thing about that is your 13 year old is hearing about this stuff. But if they hear about it from a book on saints that you gave them, they know they can ask, right? Like they can come to you and say, what is sexual assault? And you might not want to have that conversation, but your kid needs to have that conversation at some point. And this is a safe way for them to do it, right? Because obviously, like, there's nothing graphic, there's nothing descriptive, but they're going to see words that they're not familiar with. They're going to see, you know, talking about addiction or talking about divorce or talking about adultery. And, and they're going to feel like, oh, I can ask my mom and dad this, because even though I know that there's something off about it, like it's in a book about saints that they gave me. Um, and the thing that I'm really excited about in this book is actually the table of contents. So it's just like super clickbaity titles to all of these things. It's like the Italian mean girl who ran away from a convent and was dragged back or like uh, the opium addict who lived for 30 years without the sacraments or all of these different things that'll, that just really grab people. And so I mean, I think like, I love the way that I wrote the stories and again, very heavily indexed. So I really love the indices, but I think it's going to be really fun for people just to flip to the table of contents and be like, no way. Like there is no way that you found a saint like that. And I'm like, oh, I absolutely found an under underemployed saint to inspire millennials, right? Like, let's do it. Relatable, relatable. <laughs> exactly. Because the saints are so relatable yes. and that's, that's what makes them such a beautiful witness to call us on to radical and extraordinary holiness is because we can see them meeting us where we are and then calling us 
to something further. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about this book. It does, it um, has some of the saints from Saints Around the World, just to like fill in some of those stories. You know, I'm Blessed Paul Taoshong, my my Hmong friend who introduced me to Suni Lee, and that's why we hang out. Um, you know, I wrote him in 375 words, and I was so frustrated at the end of it that I just sat down and wrote him in 1,200. Because I was like, I can't, I can't, I need people to know him better than this. He's better than this. And so lots of, maybe like a, a dozen or 15 of the same, and then another 60 who will be brand new to probably just about anybody. I would guess Francis of Rome and Jerome. People will know from this book and then everybody else pretty much is going to be new unless you've learned about them from me on social media. <laughs> I've followed on Instagram. I may recognize some friends in there. Exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Where can listeners pick up a copy of Saints Around the World? And where can they look for Pray For Us come come this fall? So your best bet for Saints Around the World, you can go to saintsaroundtheworld.com. And if you go to the buy page, it'll show you all the different options. You can get it autographed on Etsy with like a cute little bookmark, but it'll also tell you international options. So the different websites that you can order from, from all around the world because you've got saints in this book too. And then for Pray For Us, you can pre-order on Amazon or from the Ave Maria Press website. So if you Google Meg Hunter Kilmer Pray For Us, um, which, you know, aiming for one day that being a thing that we pray in the liturgy. But for right now, it's just a Google search. I am not canonizing myself. You Google Meg Hunter Kilmer Pray For Us, uh, you should find the pre-order pages for that book as well. Uh, that's just a placeholder for the future right there strive for it wonderful all right last question for you this one you have answered on the podcast before but i'm excited to to hear your answer within this context how do you live out the feminine genius in your daily life as a catholic woman especially as a woman who is so passionate about introducing others to the lives of the saints so i'm a storyteller i've always been a storyteller and now that i've discovered the saints there's like a purpose to my storytelling which is really beautiful but it's really intriguing to me to see the way i tell the same story differently, depending on who I'm speaking to. And I think that has a lot to do with receptivity, being able to hear people's hearts and hear their brokenness and know this is the saint that you need to hear. But I can't tell this saint the way I told her yesterday, because you need to hear this different angle. I was just telling somebody the other day about Servant of God, Rose Hawthorne Lathrop. And as I was speaking, the way I was telling the story, I was like, oh my gosh, I'd never thought of that before. But this is what you needed to hear from her today. And it's absolutely true. I just never drawn that connection. And so I think that's something that really is rooted sort of in my spiritual motherhood. Um, and in, in the fact that I, I want to encounter people as people and not as just like interlocutors. And when I'm telling them about a saint, I want that saint to be speaking to their needs as individuals and not just be the story that I recite when I tell about this saint. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's where I'm seeing the feminine genius these days. I have loved reading this book. I love following you all over social media and the chance to sit down over Skype with you is just delightful. Thank you, Meg. It has been such a joy to work on it and such a joy to talk to you tonight, Chloe. Thanks so much for making the time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Meg over at letterstowomenpodcast.com or you can just scroll down to browse through links to Meg's book, Saints from Around the World. 
Joseph, Maeve, Ada, and I are reading from this one almost every night after family prayers, and you're going to want to get a copy. Without a doubt, this is the same book that I will be recommending to everyone. It's the one I'll be buying my god kids, and it's the one that I'll be learning from myself. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. And if you're an Apple user, I would love it if you would leave Letters to Women just a quick review and let me know how I'm doing and tell other listeners what you like about the show. I loved reading this review from last month from a listener who said, This podcast has helped my heart, guided me towards God, and reaffirmed my vocation as a newer mama time and time again as I listen to episodes old and new. You feel such a sense of community as you hear other women's stories. Thank you for joining me in these conversations on The Feminine Genius. There are so many incredible women that I get to share a podcast mic with, and it is such an honor to share our conversations with you as a listener. You can check out all the behind the scenes info over at my Instagram account at letters to women underscore podcast. I love spending the weeks after episodes, diving more into topics covered in these podcasts, and then sharing quotes that struck me from the show. And I also love talking to you and getting to know your story and more about the way you're living out the feminine genius in your daily life through DMs and comments. That is all I have for today's episode. But until next time, be not afraid. <laughs>